Survivor at Home, the podcast. My name is Jordan. I'm here alongside my co-host, Andrew. And Andrew, we have another special guest today, a Survivor at Home runner-up. Welcome in, Luke. And how are you feeling about this episode? So good. It was, uh, honestly, there's so much going on in this episode. I feel like everything opened up. Gameplay, personalities. You know what? Even even like the competition. Everything came together. It was awesome. Way better than uh, whatever episode was last, last week. Andrew, on the podcast, we've been talking about for weeks how it's going to open up and it's going to expand and it feels like really small moves are being made. And now do you think you're starting to see these bigger moves and complex gameplay happening? Yeah, I love it. Tonight was like a turning point, I think, of the season. And Jesse and Cody talked about that, how we could. Is it too early? Maybe. But you got to play Survivor. And they just came out and really flipped the script. We've seen a lot of that in past seasons where people take the easy road and we get on the podcast after and say why did people not decide to make a big move why not go for it in survivor as a fan watching i'm loving it and um just wanted to say a big shout out as well to everyone listening along whether you're still counting halloween candies or folding laundry or editing your photos or cutting grass whatever it is you're doing we appreciate you we really do we appreciate you listening along engaging with us making us a part of your week and of course, uh, a special welcome to Luke uh, for being here tonight on the podcast. We have a lot to break down. This is episode number seven, Bull in a China Shop. I think that was the TV name. And uh, But I already have in mind what this episode is going to be called for our posting it in the podcast, oh. for real, minute by minute. Because, I, man, I was we're going to get to it, but I was so inspired by Gabler. You've heard me talk a lot on the podcast about things you might do to motivate yourself to get through those hard challenges and the endurance, the mental fortitude. And what he did there was incredible. I was like, this guy, he is my new favorite player. So I'm, I'm excited to get talking about that uh, when we get to the challenge here um, in this episode. And Andrew, thank you for a breakdown of your day as well today. Counting Halloween candy, go, go mowing the grass, taking care of stuff inside. We, we appreciate the synopsis of what you did today in the Sumo that everyone else had the exact same day. I try to be inclusive, but it's just my own life. You're right. Do you mow the grass every week? I it do, man. Like I do it all. Every, I do every it all episode. while recording and listening to the podcasts. Uh, I do it all. But uh, I have to say, by the way, speaking of Halloween, our kids this year got 10 big full-size chocolate bars. And now they think this is just normal. And I'm trying to tell them when I, when I was a kid, well, I don't know if this is true of you or whoever's listening right now, but there was one house like up the hill and we went there. We made sure to beeline it. That was the house that gave you a big chocolate bar. Everyone else standard size. And of course, even got the chip houses or even like worst of all, like the uh, raisin house. Uh, I feel like Luke, that's kind of what people might expect if they come to your door. Is that fair to say? I, I love the raisin house. The raisin house is where it was at. I, I stockpiled all those sun-made little packages, took them to school. What, like, is there something else kids want? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, people are going to think you're a really cool guy after that comment. <laughs> we gave out the standard amount of chocolate and sugar. That's what we did. 
which is fine. That's what most people do. How about you, Jordan? Did you have a steady crowd coming through? Steady, steady crowd. Yeah. What's disappointing is in the area that uh, that I live in, a lot of the houses around us were pretty dark with the lights off and not inviting, not participating in Halloween. So that was a little bit disappointing to see. But yes, we had a steady, steady flow of trick-or-treaters coming around in all their costumes. Uh, a lot of fun. So yes, absolutely. we had a we had a dad show up with, in costume with a bag, like a guy in his like 30s, 40s with his, with child. his kids. It, so what's acceptable there? Do we give him candy? We gave him candy, just so you know. But what's acceptable is—is is there like an age that you you got to cut him off? And he's not collecting for his kids. Like his kids are no. independent enough. Yeah, the ba- the bag was for himself. His kids had their own bags. I'm gonna go say that's a hard no uh, for for a yeah. few reasons. One, it's just a little weird. Two, uh, that's too much effort. I've learned, you know, our kids are five and seven now. I can just stand on the street and watch them make the effort of climbing the stairs and talking to the random strangers who I'm sure are good people and taking the candy from them. And then when they come home, I just eat their candy anyway. So I think that's a big fail on the dad that came to your door, but always got to give someone a point for, of course, supporting their child. Yeah. Isn't that a key of being a parent that you don't have to do much of the, other than getting the costumes ready on the night of Halloween, you don't have to do much of the work, especially when your kids are older, like yours, Andrew, where they can, they can go up. I know Luke, your uh, son probably isn't doing that yet. Um, but that's just uh, bad parenting. He's 14, but no man, we we dressed him up. We dressed him up and we took him around because People yeah. still give candy and he's not oh, having a no, single no. shred. <laughs> but that's the benefit is, is, and as he gets older, he'll be able to independently do that on his own. And then you just reap the rewards and they go to, you send him off to bed early and, and you get the benefit of it. So having to double dip on that, now you've, now that parent has made a line of this is mine. That's yours. He doesn't get to take advantage of whatever the parent does. I, I'm against it. Yeah, well, it's the one day a year that's worth like all the effort of being a parent. I said this is this is worth it today. So number one, getting Halloween candy, and number two, being able to watch Survivor with your kids. How about that segue? Because we do uh, watch Survivor with our kids. Our, our good friends, uh, the Braggs, also watching, sent us a picture watching Survivor with their kids, and uh, pretty cool to see them getting sucked into the uh, the the great game that is Survivor. Ho- hopefully, spread it to the next generation. Um, and maybe even listening along to the podcast, my kids are always asking now every week, who's the, who's the guest on the podcast. And, uh, this week we told them he's just a second place guy from survivor at home, but he's first place in our hearts, Mr. Luke. Uh, we're glad to have you on and Jordan, if you're okay, taking us into the post tribal where, uh, Janine, I mean, your heart breaks for her, but man, crushing tribal that she just experienced. Does it though? She got blindsided and she didn't get voted out. Does your heart break for that? That's her kind of lesson. That's her move forward. That's her. I know we talk about there being no villains, but that's her villain moment of she survived. She got through it with not knowing what was going on and being blindsided yet. No harm, no foul to her. She's good to go. She's got her idol and moving on it, moving on in the game. So do we feel bad for her? Yeah. Oh, I feel super that this was a tough episode. A tough, if you think about it too, I think it was like 36 hours or less for Janine. Like that was, if we look at all, everything that happened, the people that left or got voted out, certain things that she lost, this was rough. It's almost like she fell and like scraped her chin 
like in a figurative way, you know? Well, because who who was it a few weeks ago that there was a big jaw drop? I think it was Ryan and Gio. And we said, okay, that top, that's the top jaw drop of the season. And then Janine comes on. But it's like a different category, not just Every a physical time. like jaw dropping, but like the set, like the sadness or the weight of it, she says. Like she said, I want to cry. You could see that in her face there. Yeah. Just totally dejected. That sense, not only that you your plan didn't work out, but like, oh man. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not on the inside track here. People are making most people now that we're merged are making plans that I know nothing about. That would just suck a lot, and to go or, back. So I think that's what she's feeling as she comes back. I get where you're coming from there, Jordan, because she did come in real confident, right? With Ellie, like they were super confident. They they talked about how they were like, are the boys even playing? Like they thought they had total control of that tribe, and played like it. And like, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of Ellie. I know you guys have talked a little bit highly of her, but I wasn't a huge fan and, and watching them, like even Gio and Ryan, the way that they um, interacted in front of other people and and how easily people caught on to the fact that they were so tight. Uh, I don't know. It just, it almost seemed like they were asking for it. Yeah. I mean, couples traditionally in survivor do get picked out pretty quickly, but Again, I just, for me watching, I'm like, man, she is, she can't hide how she's feeling. She's gutted. She's crushed by losing her number one ally. But then we have, I think what is the neat thing about Survivor is that people come alongside you and say, hey, you know, this, this actually happened to me. And I think it was Noelle that gave her some advice saying, I learned from that when I had a similar situation, I I wasn't included in the discussion. I wasn't included in the vote. And that actually helped me better my game i mean either totally dejects you and you do check out but if you can spin it positively it can wake you up well there's two things with this too one is noel gives great advice about act like it's okay and and it's twofold one i've chatted about this a few times with um twists specifically and it's the twist isn't the bad thing it's how you react to the twist it's what you do with what the twist brings and this isn't a game twist but this is a twist in her game she didn't expect this to happen and so now it's how do you move forward how do you react to this how do you you're still in the game you're fine you didn't really have votes against you and frankly people aren't going to be worried about you because your best ally is gone so what do you do now moving forward to go with that information and then the second thing is don't go out with the idea of revenge on specific people because revenge will blind you you got to go out you got to play the game hard and you have to work out the strategy and do what's best for you but if you just zone in on revenge on someone which she didn't talk about at all and she's not which is which i think is great because that will blind you moving forward and instead but it did everyone, seem to work out for gabler though eh? the revenge thing yeah <laughs> this was a conversation this was a conversation we had on the podcast last week about gabler did he really do a lot with that vote did he do a lot of the groundwork he brought up the name and stirred things up but did he i don't know that he did a, i don't believe that he did a lot of the groundwork on it and a lot of people took an idea and ran with it and made it happen and he a little bit more than happened to be right yeah i listened to that whole discussion that you guys had with katie and and i know andrew you credited it like credit him with 50 percent at more least. than 50 yeah minimum oh, more than okay. okay there you go um and i i get that i don't know like i know 
Katie was talking about how intelligent he is because of his career, his job. He definitely is smart. I just don't know if his intelligence is social. And the way that he approached that, I think it was just blind luck that he, like, it just seemed like, at least it seemed this way, that it was just blind luck that he presented a target and people latched onto it and it was pretty easy. That was similar to my thought of like, he he didn't quite guess because he was putting the name out there, but he wasn't the one galvanizing everyone. So that was, yeah, that was kind of my thoughts on Gabe. But how, how about his line though? <laughs> like waking up, seeing the sunrise. He's like, kind of like Thanos. This is a new day. I'm happy. The peace. I can finally rest. A grateful universe. A grateful universe because I have taken out Ellie. I give him a lot of credit. He was willing to do something risky early on. And we talked, we said that last week, it was a roll of the dice, but he got away with it and he's still going and then wins immunity in this episode. But yeah, Gabler is a loose cannon. So will they keep him around? But I, I, I just love how he, what was the, uh, he had like an iconic metaphor about being an, al- uh, the alligabler. Yeah. Alligabler. Yeah. Alligabler. His idol is also expired. He doesn't have that power yeah. anymore, that safety. Now, in this episode, we'll we'll get to it, but he's fine anyways. But his idol that he, he got, no longer valid. Yeah, it's hard to know what his game is, right? Like, I, I kind of feel like he's a Mike from last season, or, I mean, you could, you could compare him to any number of players, but it's hard to really identify if he knows what he's doing or if he's just kind of, you know, playing a role or or whatever it's it's tough to nail it down but i will say like this episode kind of felt like uh roxroy's big episode you remember when he went to the island and he had this moment of like just personal like therapy like kind of like gabler says later in this episode but it just seemed like those two guys are kind of cut from the same cloth Mm -hmm. and sort of had the same experiences a little bit and I feel like they probably will make it about the same uh, distance in the game. Didn't Roxroy get voted out like the next vote after his big episode? Yeah, that's <laughs> they're very principled. I think they're similar too, but they I think Gabler is a little bit more relationally, socially prepared for this game and and suited for that. So, uh, yeah, I, I I think they are similar, but I like Gabler's ability to to pivot and maybe he like this is the neat thing about the game. You don't have to be someone who thinks big picture, right? We say that a lot. Oh, you know, is he just making moment by moment decisions? Well, maybe he is. That's probably how I'd play my game. I'm not, I don't have the ability naturally to look forward and see, you know, the big picture all the time in different scenarios. But if if you can, to your point, Jordan, if you can react well in the moments and maybe think even just one or two steps ahead, maybe not five or six, why not? Why can't you, that's a good strategy as well. And And maybe even, if you can make it to the end, that's an even greater testimony to say, look, I, I constantly was pivoting. That kind of old school word, you know, we've heard a lot in Survivor. I was able to pivot often uh, when things came my way that I didn't necessarily foresee and deal with it and get myself on top. Oh, and one more thing I want to circle back with on Gabler is the, the social aspect or the like person-to-person dynamics of it. Because he is a loose cannon. We see that. But in... In This is where his professional life, I think, really does play a factor because in him being a loose cannon, that's clearly just the way he is in everything he does, yet 
He's a, is it cardiothoracic heart surgeon um, is his role. He's done like really well for himself in his professional life as someone who's a loose cannon. So he's used to making decisions with his own personality and having it work out for him professionally and in his life where it, it just makes me think it's a lot more, I don't know if calculated is the right word, but it's a lot more stable and he knows what's going on. I think more than we realize versus previous, because we might be putting him into a bit of a box with previous players who are loose cannons and just fly by the seat of your pants and things get out of control. He's never out of control. At least we haven't seen him be out of control just because it feels like it could go out of control. Vessi never voted him out. He could have been an easy vote being a loose cannon and being a wild card. Could have been an easy vote there. Jesse's someone who wants to be very stable. Um, oh, sorry. He wasn't on Vessi. He was on Baca. But Baca decided not to not to vote him out. Um, and he, he could have been a good choice. We'd have to go back through those votes to see it, to remind ourselves, to remind me how much danger he might have been in. But if they were really threatened or didn't like the loose cannon idea, they would have voted him out. But something kept him around. And he's still here. Except for when he put yeah. the palm fronds on people. That was a little bit of a weird move, but he's growing on me, man. I, I love him. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't, I, really, I wouldn't mind that. I, I don't mind that. No, that's a terrible take. Those are not comfortable in any way. So I feel like his game has changed uh, since Ellie left. It seemed like this episode, he seemed a little more, uh, I don't know, relieved or whatever. And even though it, I don't even know if it, did you guys talk about this last week that it wasn't even Ellie who searched like through his yeah. bag? Um, but that, Janine, I right? think who saw it? Did Owen see? I Owen think Owen was saw there and didn't say anything. Owen was there or didn't correct him. Yeah. Yeah. Owen was there and Janine did it. And she, Ellie was the accomplice, right. the getaway driver. Yeah. Either way, it'll be interesting to see how Gabler moves on from his Ellie obsession and plays his actual game. Cause he's actually, he's been safe the last two tribals too right because he got individual right. immunity but then the, the tribal before he didn't have to worry about he was on the winning team right mm -hmm. so it's true so both of those times he was safe and uh i did hear somebody um recently talk about how you know since he was safe that uh like last week almost it almost seemed as if he knew he had license to just say, say whatever he wanted and he, like he was safe right so it doesn't matter yeah. and even this time he seemed so confident with that challenge. It was like, he knew he could say whatever he wanted. And yeah, I don't know. His votes were way off, but well, it's kind of like how we couldn't get anyone else to replace you. And so you just kind of have Liberty here. Cause you're our last resort <laughs> on this podcast. You can say whatever you want. And we're, we're just in, where else can we go? There was no one else in the, in the queue. So you have complete freedom here, just like Gabler to say what you want and you are immune my friend heading in, but uh, let's talk about the challenge. And oh, what, what do I say to that? What am I supposed to say to that? <laughs> you're just supposed to nod and smile. And speaking of immune, yeah. uh, let's get into the immunity challenge. You're not the only master of segues <laughs> here, Andrew. Um, so right before the challenge, right before the players leave for the challenge, they have, they get tree mail. They look at it. They have to divide themselves into six pairs and yeah. they choose right in front of them. I thought it was great. I, I thought there was going to be great theater. And then they broke it by just doing drawing rocks. I really wanted to see the dynamics of people. I choose you and I choose That's this person. I wanted to work with this person and, and just see who picks each other to go together, who gets left out, who's clearly frustrated that they got paired with someone. 
I wanted to see, give me all of it, inject it all into my vein. No, they're picking rocks. Yeah, that happened in Australia, right? Didn't, uh, what was her name? Uh, she picked uh, Colby right away. Like the same thing happened where they were supposed to pair off. Do you remember who that, it was, it was a, oh, uh, what's her name? Uh, starts with a G. Uh, crap, I can't remember. I, I don't know, Jerry? Jerry, yeah, okay, Jerry. Jerry starts with a J, but that's okay. And she said, I pick Colby right away, like immediately. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, who's going to pick who? It was crazy. And it's then, crazy because they didn't even know what the challenge was. Could yeah. you guys, would you ever say something? Because I think even Owen identified, it wasn't even that no one said a name. People didn't even want to nominate an idea for how to draw the names, right? Oh, oh like, no, I would not want to. I know me. I would not want to rock the boat in this situation. Let someone else rock the boat and I'll jump on board. But uh, I would not want to start yeah. that conversation off. I know what myself. A, yeah, yeah, I think I would be you. very tempted, but I think I would be like second in line. Like I, I would support the first decision that was made. I was going to ask yeah. you guys though, if it came down to you just pick a person, who would you pick? You don't, you don't know what the challenge is, but who out of those other um, survivors would you pick to be your partner? And you, you know, this is a, a challenge where you're working together. No, pitted against no, you yeah, don't. You're working know. together, but you have no idea what the challenge is. No, you don't um, know. You don't know if you're working together or you're against each other. You have to just you you just have to pick one person. I mean, I'd probably take Ryan. As Why? I say one of the one of the like stronger competitors, a Ryan, a Sammy, maybe a Dwight. I don't I don't know how the players view him as is like strength wise, but I would pick one of the like let's be the most physical team out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so you're way. you're assuming that you would work you would work together. Yeah, that's my assumption. Okay. Yeah, unless it's like welcome, and you have to wrestle your opponent, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, oh no, like Squid Games. Yeah. But they, but the clue said teams, didn't it? No. No, it just no. You pick some. You pick one person to partner up with, and it didn't say if you were right. Okay. I, I don't think it, it mentioned anything oh, about man, the, that's the a strategy details. I use. That's a strategy I use as a youth sport coach. Pick someone, and then the two of you are on the opposite team. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Break All up the, the cliques. Exactly. Ex- exactly. Um, I think, so the pairs... I think I would have picked like Noel or Cody. I think yeah. those two are super competitive, but I, I think I could like match them in certain aspects like puzzles yeah. or physical stuff or something, but either way, like I, I really like those two players, but I, I, I agree with that. Too. That's it. That's a good take. I agree with that. Um, in the, the pairs that were made, Owen and Gabler are a pair, Cody and Dwight, Noel, Sammy, Carla, Cassidy, Jesse, Janine, and James and Ryan are the six pairs. Um, they have to crawl through this. This twisted net was through that mud. That that seemed interesting. There were a couple of people. I'm pretty sure we're twisting the wrong direction. I can't remember who it was, but I, I'm pretty sure I saw someone who looked. Maybe it was uh, someone struggled early. Um I Maybe. thought it was Jesse. I don't know. Was yeah, it Jesse? I, I think I think Jesse was someone he struggled early in that challenge. And I think he was it looked like he was making it more twisted instead of getting himself through the net. Um, you could see some clearly just like start to crawl through and oh, this is easy, easy, easy. And then you bunch up the twist way too far. And I saw that you saw someone back out and then have to go back in um, and untwist it. It was an interesting part of the challenge. Cassidy and Carla Cassidy killed it, went through that so fast. Um, as well as Sammy and uh, and Ryan went through it quickly. But the four pairs that make it through, it's a leveled challenge as well. 
which was uh, I like I like these challenges where you have level one, two of the six, uh, two of the six teams get eliminated. Level two, two of the remaining four get eliminated, and then it went to individual. So you had to use your part. It's very much a little mini version of Survivor in general, where you have to use other people to get further. But at the end of the day, it's you, and it's about you winning and and having to beat them at the end. Um, the the pairs that go through, James and Ryan made it first. Carla Cassidy were second. Um, oh, I thought Dwight was spinning the wrong way. That's who I thought it was. Oh. Um, <laughs> and who else? James, Ryan, Carla Cassidy, Dwight, and Cody, and, and Owen and, Owen and Gabler. Gabler were yeah. the the four pairs to move on. So I wasn't. Ask- I think Gabler was last to go through it, like to go through the net. I think. Which last, is impressive considering he was outcome. second last to start. I'm pretty sure. Oh, second. Okay. Second last because Jesse had a lot of who was Jesse's partner? Jesse's partner was Janine. Jesse had a lot of trouble with it. Janine started. I'm pretty sure Janine started it last. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you guys, did you f- have a reaction to watching that? Like physically for me, seeing them struggle in the mud, it was like a claustrophobic kind of feeling where you're almost trapped and stuck. I don't know. I actually had like a physical reaction. I was feeling tense watching that. What was your opinion of that stage with the mud and the, and the meshing? I, I didn't have that reaction um, to it. I was thinking to myself, Oh, that's like, I could see that being really difficult to figure out the technique on how to untwist it. And I thought you might have to like roll on your own back to get through and thought it would, thought it looked really difficult even as someone who's like had three full meals three four full full meals today and slept perfectly last night in my comfortable bed feeling good but i didn't have that claustrophobic type type thought process i i think i I get where you're coming from there andrew because when they're like halfway through and part of it in front of them is still twisted and then the part behind them is also twisted uh, that 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 did seem a little bit like tight, and I was like, oh, I don't like. How would that feel? Like when they were stuck at the end, and people had to help them out. Like, I can I understand they like they were like borderline crying. Like, oh, I, I think the, I would be there too. The emotion is real. So, and this leads to another interesting and important question. A few people were writing and saying, you know, this looks like it's unfair for Noel, right? Like with her prosthetic leg and getting caught, and also she doesn't have a second leg to push off. What's your take on that? a challenge being unfair uh, for someone I, like so Noel. yeah i think that her take her take on it would be so what i got to complete it i got to do it like i think that's her she 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 was she had the the prosthetic leg on and had to take it off cuz it was hindering her in the challenge and so she moved she moved she tried to move forward without it and struggled with it and maybe this is one of the few times where her difficulties and limitations will be exposed in the game because they haven't really been exposed in any other challenges um, or she's come through it in each, each challenge where it could have been exposed. But I personally, I think her take on it would be like, no, I got to do it. I can, I can do that. And I didn't figure it out in this moment. And next time that, that element's not coming back, but next time I think that would be her based on her competitive spirit, her, um, the attitude that we've seen her bring. That's what I think her take would be. I don't want to put words in her mouth, obviously, but so I, I, I you know, that's my, that's my take on it is yeah. she's got to do it. She's out there to compete. Well, cause even last week with that ramp, you know, the half pipe, mm-hmm. 
that would have been really hard for her as well. Yeah. So yeah, you just it's obviously you want it to be fair and it's hard to watch. You know, some people say that's hard to see her, but yeah, I agree with you. I think she would say, Don't feel bad for me. Like I, I came mm-hmm. to play this game and prove that I can do this and be an inspiration to a lot of other young uh, women and men, yeah. right? Going through this. I, so uh, I mean and, sorry, just Luke, what was her what did she feel most bad about in this challenge? Most most what? Sorry. What did she feel bad about about her performance in this challenge? Um Oh, like Noel, like what did she feel? Noel, bad about? yeah, she felt bad after this challenge. Why did she feel bad? I think it was pretty obvious that, like, well, she's super competitive. I think that's that's where it stems from. I was just gonna put, like, give a little um, input on like oh, yeah. what I thought about the challenge itself in terms of like uh, modification for her and accessibility. I I did notice that the the nets seem a little bit tighter wound, so. Um, like from what I remember from other survivor seasons, um, it seems like it, it has been modified a little bit to allow for her to get some like better grip on the netting. Um, I have, I've also noticed too, there's certain things that I've thought, like, I don't know how Noelle would do with this. And she just, cr- she crushes it. Mm-hmm. And so she is super competitive. You can see that in her demeanor. She reminds me of a friend that I had in university um, shout out to Coraline and she just like no holds bar would compete in everything. Even if she knew that she was like a, at a disadvantage, she would compete and give everything. And I know that like, y- you know, like for her getting, I don't know if it was the fact that she struggled, but the fact that she struggled while on a team, like she mentioned that too, right? Like she, she wanted to do well for uh, Sammy and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, when you're in that situation and you're working with a partner, if you're the weak link and you're used to being like she's a champion, like if you're used to being the champion, it's hard to not be the champion. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was the biggest thing she said was after after the challenge was feeling bad for uh, for being a, being a pair with Sammy and just not not being able to give them and him a chance to compete. Although he replies right back with, I didn't want to hold that bucket up anyways, yeah, Which, well, whether he, that's the truth or not. He, no, obviously you want to win. Yeah. You want to get a meeting, but he's a, it, it was a very classy thing to say for a young, you know, undercover 19 year old, a class act to handle that. To Is speak he 19? So I thought he was 21. Oh, no, you've been his, tricked. Oh, he got you. You've been you've tricked. Been tricked. <laughs> that's his I lie. I thought he was saying he was like 23. No, he's, no, 19. he's 19. saying he's 22 he is, or eh? 23. Yeah. Yes. This came up. Was this on the podcast? We're talking about drinking and drinking ages. How, like, what if they won a reward? And Well, he's 19. Oh, no, it's 21. Uh, but 21 in, in the U.S. Yeah, but then they're in Fiji. And so would the laws of Fiji apply? Because I think production yeah. would have to. Fiji at least on the camera shots would have to stop him. They couldn't let him, you can get in big trouble for that. So, but the, oh, yeah. uh, I guess the laws of the land apply, but then you're this kind of parachuting yourself in. Do you have different rules as to, I don't know, just a curious thought, but yeah. I think that's why they rigged the challenge last week so that he lost. Just nice. that he couldn't. That's the only they, didn't, they didn't have to worry about that at all. Yeah. It's just a they stage thinking game. Ahead. Yeah. <laughs> it's all staged and run it again. Just actors paid. It's all scripted. Uh, it's all scripted. That's what the critics say. But uh, yeah, it was a really moving moment too. A lot of people were saying how it really stirred them to see her in that exhaustion and desperation get out and to be so well received by Sammy and others and Janine as well, who we've already said has been through a lot and she's still stuck in there, but it really was focused on Noelle. 
and Jeff. I love Jeff's ability to draw, like to pause. It's it's almost like a little cheesy, but then it leads to very genuine conversations about just what these feelings are like. So kudos to Sammy for handling that well and everyone for rallying around Noel. But then I love Jeff. Jeff yeah, segue. I, yeah, I love love, but the game continues. So on, on to business, right? So <laughs> yeah. just he had a couple of great lines in this episode as well. That was a good one. Yeah. But the second um, uh, second stage, Jordan. Uh, the, the second stage. So you have these planks that they just dug up. Remember, a part of the first stage is actually digging the planks up out of the ground. It wasn't just getting through the nets, but you had that second part of digging the planks out of the ground. Now they're using the planks on the two ropes, like a rope bridge with the planks. And I loved the detail of the challenge of you have to get across and all of your planks, which comes into play yeah. late in the late in the stage, but you can't just get across and leave any planks behind. All do a three big jump have at the to end. come and do, yeah, do a big jump at the end and, and all, or can't do a big jump at the end. And then all three planks come with you and then you slide down and, and you're at the mat to move on. And so you have um, uh, Cody and Dwight who figure their way across, move on first. And then it looks like Carla and Cassidy are right there, ready to go. Um, but Carla falls for a second. I thought there might've been like an injury. We've seen injuries on nets, but she, uh, she's good to go. Um, and then Ryan and James are just about to cross with Owen and Gabler, but they lose a plank and have some difficult communication in the moment. Um, oh, I'll say would, I would be furious. Sooner. That's the kind of, like, we're all competitive here. That's yeah. the kind of thing I would just lose my mind. Like, but like mad at myself and probably my teammate, but like, oh like we we were there and like he didn't who was it one of them ran ahead and didn't like if he had to just pause for a second and help them and then get the planks that stuff even watching back he'd be like oh my gosh like we blew that chance to get into the final and which allows owen and gabler to be the only ones left standing and they go ahead take it and move on oh how this challenge could be different if no one fell there's yeah. two things that I that I really got from that that stage. I love that stage because it showed off Cody's uh, ingenuity again. Like I think he um, like worked. He he seems to have a knack for finding out uh, like the 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 keys to unlock ch- certain challenges. Like, do you remember that first the, I think the first episode when they were using that long pole to get the key um, off of a like off of a rod or something like that. And you remember that? Like they had to slide like a key up and over like an, and like a, a rod yeah. on an, on, a, on an incline. Yeah, with the bamboo and he stick. said to put the key inside the, the inside the bamboo or whatever they were using. He's done that a few times with, with puzzles. I noticed he took a different route through the, uh, the maze of ropes or whatever it was like, especially when they had like Noel on their team, instead of crawling over, they just all crawled under and same thing. Like it seemed like he had a good, system he just seems to click into fit like finding like the like whatever it is that might unlock that challenge a little bit quicker or you know whatever like it's almost like not quite to like what jonathan not quite in the same way that jonathan was dominating but it's he seems to be very like very intelligent that way yeah and then the second thing right jonathan plays harder and he plays smarter he does yeah I love him. Like I love watching him in challenges, yeah. mm-hmm. but I was going to say the second thing is the, the poo stains when they slide down the ramps. That's all I could think of. <laughs> just like, oh. like just the skid marks. Dude, that slide <laughs> would hurt too. That, that the, you hear the screeching 
the screeching, the, the pooping. Oh, the screeching. <laughs> <laughs> That's your title there, screeching oh. and the pooping. <laughs> Man. Got a speechless at this point on uh, on that one because I was not thinking that, and now anything I have to be careful what I say because you're just. I've got a 15 month this. old. That's all I think about is poop. Just sliding down the slide, diaper explosion coming at the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And just least, yeah, when you least expect it to, and the trail behind for toddlers <laughs> sometimes it happens. They go down first, then and, and then you notice on the slide there's something else. Yeah, and they walk away so triumphant too. You they know, do. just like just like the challenge, they just walk away. You got to keep going in life, right? This is survivor in the game and in real life, and yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's a great take. But let's get to this final stage because this is to me uh, one of the most beautiful moments of the season so far. All right. Uh, for for I just had a question though. First, the the twenty five percent of your body weight, so yeah. you're standing there holding. Is that fair? Like, is that I don't understand that concept. Uh, so I, I had this thought too, but how else do you make it fair? Putting the same weight for everyone? Because then what weight do you do? Because it's someone like if Jonathan's, if you have the same weight for someone like Jonathan and if Janine makes the final, the, the two of them have a how much body weight difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you put a certain amount of weight up, is that fair? to have them have the same weight. So I don't know that it's a hundred percent fair to do 25%, especially of your starting weight, because yeah. we do know in a situation like survivor, the, those who come in with a bigger body mass, they're going to lose more of that quicker than someone who starts smaller. So that 25% of your starting weight is, is a disadvantage the right word to use in that. But wouldn't that make Gabler, like, wouldn't that mean he was at more of a disadvantage then? Like, it, wasn't he like the biggest guy? Yeah, that's like true. going in. So of what is it? Dwight, Owen, Cody, and Gabler. I think he's the biggest guy of those four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And then Jeff even says women have won this, men have won this. So I, I don't. I'm not saying it isn't a good way to do it, but I don't know if scientifically. Like I would love, you know, Ben yeah. or Doctor Ben or London Steve, someone to. Give us some insight on what or Kel or Kel. Uh, does Kel study? I guess he's always in the gym. He I just see. asks. I see he him posting questions, right? He does. He does, questions. and he's got the inside connections to. Uh, you know, Rob has a podcast in those groups, and they, they those are the kind of questions that they actually do get to ask. Anyway, do you, do you know who had the record before Gabler and Cody like broke it? I, I do. Like, not. I don't know. I, I don't look it up. No, I wonder. I just run the survivor trivia. I don't actually know the answers. That's that's how you save that's face. How you do it. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not like speaking of Kel, you know, and Jordan, a couple of our players who in the trivia challenges we've done in Survivor at home just knocked it out of the park because it's neat different people's even in those games you run at home, there are certain people who are good in, in that. And then there are other people who are good with word games and puzzles and memorization and then the social game. So it is on a side note, you can win everything. Yeah, you can't win. When, in Survivor at home, when I went head to head with Kel on Survivor trivia, and I think I ended up losing that, but it was an incredible battle along the way. I thought for sure I was going to get voted out for 
having that much survivor trivia knowledge um, under my belt and then didn't. So it worked out for me. You won. (laughs) There's an anecdote. There's a little anecdote. Congratulations. That was fun. Thank you. Um, Just had to drop that in there. A reminder. It's been a while since you've, yeah, since you've told everyone that you've won. survivor. (laughs) I I did not mention that I won on this one. I just said it worked out for me that I didn't get voted out next. You guys brought up that I won. (laughs) Yes, that's fair. Way to sucker us into it. But you can brag about it. You just went through a stretch where you told, like, that's all you would say. It was like, hey, uh, how's it going, Jordan? He's like, hold on. You didn't address me properly. I am Jordan the champion. But now you've you've become humble again. Time has humbled you, and you're waiting for your next opportunity, like the alligator, to rise up out of the water and, and strike again. Maybe a upcoming Survivor at Home competition in the new year. But Maybe. You never know, right, Luke? No. You, you n- never know. You never do. You never, you never know. You got to be on your toes. But let's talk about this. Let's talk about okay. this challenge and Gabler's. Um, well, I guess it was Jeff that really kicked it off because he, in the middle of a strenuous challenge, does ask them, which might be controversial, but he's done that a lot over the years to ask them, what is like, what's going through your head right now? What is it that is motivating you? And we've talked about, you've heard, if you listen to this podcast, you've heard me say this a lot. What is it that you would do in a challenge like this where it's, Yes, it's physical, but so much of it is your mental game. How do you stay focused? It reminds me of, uh, you know, the incredible, unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, right? Where she talks about in, in her time of being in captivity of every 10 seconds, just repeating. She's like, I can make it through 10 seconds and she'll count to 10. And then I can make it through 10 more seconds and I can make it through 10 more seconds. Kimmy Schmidt, a fantastic right. way to uh, understand this. And we see Gabler, they'll say, I'm going to do it, but in a minute. And I'm not just going to count to a minute, but I'm actually going to, uh, unlike Kimmy Schmidt, actually name someone in my mind who will motivate me to get through this. And he speaks about his uncle having heart surgery last week. This one is, this minute is for Neil. And Jeff does ask Owen and Cody and they share, I don't know if Dwight was already out at that point, but it's Gabler. I mean, it's clearly focused on him. And then he says, Noel, and then the you know former veterans. And he said, I've been married 25 years of marriage. So this next minute's for that. Which, if it dropped in that, that would be a bad thing to come home to. But because yeah. uh, <laughs> it doesn't always work, right? We talked about NECA before being motivated yeah. by her mission overseas in Africa. She's still mm-hmm. lost, right? So this, it's not a guarantee, but there's something to be said about. And I mean, he was locked in. You could tell. And Cody, they were locked in in this mm-hmm. challenge. But um, I wanted your opinion just on seeing this happen. Um, and then also, if you were there, and you listen at home, if you go on Spotify, we'll put this question there in the show notes that you can engage with. But who, who are some people that come to mind that you would list like minute by minute? This minute is for blank and, and to help you get through that. Just give me a couple people that you would say. Yeah, like legit, I think I would say my dad. Like I, he, he passed away when I was 18. But I would, ju- I think that's he's been a motivating factor in my life and some of the decisions that I've made, and mm-hmm. even now as a father and how I how I parent, I, you know, a lot of that stuff is based off of how he parented me, and I I think he would probably yeah he still influences me just even though he's not alive he's not with us anymore but yeah same like I think Gabler kind of talked about a guy that he he knew and had passed and I think yeah like my dad would be would be up there for sure. My family, for sure. I mean, I probably wouldn't say Alaska or Idaho or Ontario or anything like that, but maybe my dog. I don't know. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, man. 
Yeah, I no, didn't know I was, that part of your story. Yeah. yeah, I was I was going down the similar road of uh, as Luke here, like parents. You know, someone that comes to mind is is my grandfather who passed away six or seven years ago now, but super influential again in like you said in decisions in in who I want to be, what I want to do um, with with my life and future. And yeah, so I think that's where um, that's where my mind would go. Um, externally, a couple like mentors or or uh, um, people that I've kind of heard stories about stuff like that, I think is where, where my mind would go in, in that motivation moment. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of what Owen, Owen talked about, like it being a, having a dream of wearing that immunity necklace, like that does play mm-hmm. into it. I've watched survivor since I was 10, 12 years old, maybe somewhere around there. Yeah. And there's definitely a, a part of me that relates to that of, you know, this has been a part of my life for, what did I say? 10 or 12. So 15, 17 years, this has been a part Mm -hmm. of my life. Um, and, uh, and yeah, definitely something I want to do or would want to do and would want to wear an immunity necklace in that situation. I mean, it low key, uh, motivated me while I was playing survivor at home too. Cause it is, uh, like it's, it's a grind at, at certain points in the game and you do have to tap into parts of yourself that you didn't expect to. And I remember just thinking, like, this isn't who I am. And I wanted to play a game of integrity that I would be proud of. And I, I'm sure, like, those influences, like my family, my dad, whatever, even kind of had, like, if, even if it wasn't so explicit, I think they still probably had had an impact on the decisions that I made. And, I, yeah, I didn't win, as we have all mentioned many times. What was that? Sorry, I, I missed that. Uh, I was the <laughs> I was the first loser, remember? Oh, nice. In my oh, season. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So I lost to some guys. Uh, what was his name? Steve. Uh, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but I was proud of the way that I played, even though I didn't win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, like I'm bitter about the fact that I didn't win because I'm competitive. But I am glad that I played in the end a, a game that I was okay with because at the beginning. I was kind. I was kind of a dick, and like Caitlin could attest to that, or Stu, um, like they did when they they had their their you know little uh, uh, their their speeches at the end, and I felt really crappy about that. But I, mm-hmm. yeah, it it plays. I think it plays in any, every aspect of life. Mm-hmm. Andrew, what about you? Who would you uh, oh. say would be your motivation? Yeah, that's a good one. I think you know having kids now. That's their you know, doing a minute for each of them and for Steph and, you know, like the people that have been motivating to us and our family, like even in our church connection, I was just sharing a story of when we came to the church, I was first greeted by a bunch of women in their late eighties and nineties at their coffee hour. And they had tea and cookies and they gave me a lot of them and just sat and listened to my story. And it felt so welcome by them. And, like it sounds cheesy to say, but honestly, those are those are very meaningful things to me. People, like just elders in our life and in our communities, who have kind of lived a bit of life, and and to just kind of think of people like that and what people have been through. I don't know if it would work for me. <laughs> like maybe I would be thinking of them, but it's still hard. But yeah, just trying to draw and like, yeah, I'm very thankful for these people, and I would I would love for them to be watching this. You know, some of them have already obviously have passed away now, but 
to uh you know to be able to think that hey they could watch this and to, even to hear their names said right or the family of them mentioned i think is valuable and then yeah just even like the youth and the programs we do in the neighborhood thinking of some of those kids watching and seeing you know a shout out so i'm not as cool as some people i said to steph like i don't think i'm some people look really cool or epic and even gabler there it's like like locked in i feel like i would sound a bit dopey or cheesy saying it that's my self-conscious stuff that i would have to work through truly like being on the show but i love i love seeing gabler do it and i love even the military stuff like just the reference to the heroes in our military you know we do this for fun he says they did this for real and i have a real appreciation don cherry for all his controversial stuff did teach me a lot about respecting uh, our military uh here in canada as well women and men and and i i, I definitely am very i'm very moved by those and, moments for sure and and part of what made that moment so moving for me was truly how the, an overused word in our society is genuine but truly how genuine it was from him you it moves his like you can see it moves him to talk about emotionally moves him to talk about what he's seen from veterans um who come back and um and he's worked with them and he gave a very specific story later in the episode um of someone actually no in uh uh, during the challenge. Um, and then they highlighted it with a confessional where he was actually able to tell the story and wasn't trying to hold the bucket. Um, but right. he didn't just kind of say, oh, this is for our military. It was a, a moment where he emotionally invests into it. And we take that and hear that and experience the emotion that he feels right with him. Yeah. Um, so can I, uh, sorry cool. to ruin this very heartfelt moment, but I just noticed live on Instagram while I was sharing, Jordan made a post and <laughs> was not listening to me. I'm very offended, Jordan. I'm sharing about my deep insecurities. And then I look over and he's not even listening, posting about <laughs> the podcast. Said, about the podcast. Who I said see. I wasn't listening? <laughs> you can multitask. <laughs> I'll, you know what? I'll bring it right back, though, right back to the touchy feely because. Thank you, Andrew. I'll just say, uh, like we, like I, like we talked about earlier before I think recording, um, uh, like we, we've never met in person, but I've seen you post and seen sort of the things that you're involved in and the, the soccer league that you run. And, uh, I, I think about sometimes the motivation <clears throat> that would drive you to continue to give yourself for others, like even survivor at home. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of effort, mm -hmm. this podcast and you give yourself and give yourself. And, uh, I just want you to know, like on behalf of at least myself and my wife, Amanda, like we really appreciate you and the effort that you put into all of these things, because it drives us to think about motivation ourselves and, and the things that we're involved in. And so you're, you are in a way, a little Gabler in our lives, but you're, you, to be honest though, Andrew, you're, you're an inspiration in ways that you don't even know. And so uh, mm -hmm. just so you know, I'm very thankful for you. And, uh, and you should, uh, yeah, I don't know. Take that to heart. I appreciate that. That means a lot, Luke. A lot of people driving or making dinner and nodding their head right now, just like I am or yes. mowing the lawn or mowing the lawn. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> um, as we, as we keep going, um, Cody and Gabler have the battle out Gabler. The, the, one of the really interesting things with Gabler in this moment, not just the touchy feely things, but he clearly looks like he's so locked in or dialed in or whatever you want to say about his, his mental state here. 
he could he looks like he could go forever you can see Cody is showing the struggle the physical struggle that he's having and Gabler's just all he's focused on is the motivation that he's got and it's taking his mind away from the physical things that go on it's almost he was giving really like these stories that he's giving are really emotional but it's distracting him away from what's going on in the in the battle that he's facing right Rafael Nadal focuses every time he's off play I know here we go we're making it we're making a hard turn every time he's off play he makes sure his water bottle is facing the same direction and it distracts him from thinking about the game um and overthinking about the game that or the match that he's playing in the moment and Gabler is using this as a tactic where he's not thinking about the physical duress he's under He's just focused on the, motiv- the motivation and focusing on telling these stories of people in his life or that he's heard. And that's where, and that's taking him completely out of it where he could go. He looks like the energizer bunny in this moment because mm-hmm. when it drops, he, when, um, when Cody drops, he looks like, okay, yep. Good. I won drops. It feels, feels good to go. He's going to be feeling that later. It's going to hurt. Oh man. Um, and even Cody, right is you could tell he gave it everything like he, oh, yeah. he crushed the previous yeah. record and he's yeah. he's literally giving yeah. the last well you can it, hear the little the physical gasp do you think there's a bit that makes part of it makes it harder for cody feeling how difficult it is and looking over and gabler looks like you could just keep going i mean if anyone was going to beat him <laughs> it would be someone like cody who also oh, as you've identified luke is just he mentally is able to just find a way to pull it off as well because that would be intimidating to a lot of people many people would look over even with a very heartfelt motivation of their own and just look like he he did look locked in and that would mess with you and that's why some people say don't look over right you just play your game but it's hard not to it's hard not to look and see who's next to you there and he you're right i think he could have honestly gone a little bit longer for sure yeah very impressive uh really really inspiring to see and uh and, and really appreciated just where this even led in this conversation so yeah i was just on a, on a very side note <clears throat> i was just thinking too if carla had made it to the end she had that hand injury like last week for us but yesterday in real life right like in the game i don't think she like what was the I don't know. She wouldn't not have lasted at all. I don't think in that final mm-hmm. stage. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't see any indication of her injury um, this no. week. No, didn't see any, any indication of it at all. I, but um, yeah, that's right. She had her hand like crushed by the box, I think. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It like landed on it or something like that. Yeah. That's, it's definitely not feeling, feeling great. And yet uh, she was, she pushed through that challenge as much as she could. And then unfortunately fell at the end. That was part of the reason why I also thought there might've been an injury involved when she fell on the net because she did have the previous injury, but um, right. they're not showing us anything at this point. Mm-hmm. So we move through the challenge. Gabler goes back. He tells um, a little bit about like veteran PTSD that he's seen. And it's not just veterans. It's all, all across walks of life. Um, many different scenarios in life could bring up PTSD, but it started from him speaking about veterans. Um, and this is where, and then he, he he's telling about as well in his role. And that's where I kind of had that thought of like, for, you forget he's 
cardiothoracic and um, uh, is super smart. And that's where like his wild card, but he's used to that. He does that for a living and, or he, he acts like that in his, in his life. And he's just a little more cunning with it than we give him credit for. I think. Did you practice cardiothoracic? Did you, I was going to say that is the, I thought the same thing, Luke, like how, how do you even know that word? And then you've said it multiple times and, and you've nailed it. Yeah. You've whipped it I, out. I would never confidence. even, yeah. <laughs> I would not even attempt that word. And that's why we'll move on from this, but well done, okay. Jordan. That's why Thank you're, you. that's why you're leading the way here and paid the big money on this podcast. I think check, check in the mail. Uh, yeah, I like, let's talk about Sammy though here. Uh, uh, he kind of set this up last week of, Things are really picking up. And again, now he's saying now that everyone is eligible to be voted for, now we're really going to see, you know, no one is safe except for Gabler, of course. And there is a lot that's going on. I think last week is a little bit confusing, to be honest. We, and we try to break it down here on the podcast, the names and who's mm-hmm. talking to who. I actually found this week kind of simple. Like it's actually a very simple breakdown, mm-hmm. at least on the outset. Baca and Vessi working together to take out Coco. And so Baca. And Vessi would be Owen, Janine, Sammy, and Gabler for Yellow Baca, and Dwight, Noel, Cody, and Jesse for Vessi. Pretty simple. Four and four split. Take out James and Ryan and Carla and Cassidy are on the outs there. But then a casual trip to the water well leads to a pretty huge opportunity to an advantage. And James scoops out this message in a bottle. And uh, who is there? Like Sammy and Dwight. Um, Owen was there to see it. Um, and you know, when you see this happening, that okay, this is not going to play out side by side with that is the script of Jesse. But he, he also yelled it out. He said, what is that? Like, what's that in there? That, that thing, he just scoops I, it, but you like, feel he made like it well known. You can't hide yeah. that, man. Do you, do you feel you like think? as soon as he said that no. and realized what it was, he was like, Ooh, yeah. that wasn't, I, maybe I didn't want to just yell. Cause that then out he was like, does anyone else want it? <laughs> yeah. He, he kind of had to, you know, play, play it off as, Oh, great. Here we go. Now we all got to share it or look at it and yeah, offer it up. Does anyone else want it? Oh, I'll come back for it later. I think was the, what they, what they planned. Um, we'll, he did go back for it later. Just what's his definition. What's everyone's definition of later. Um, Janine, Owen, Noel, Jesse, Cody talking in the water as well and setting out their two targets as you laid out um, James, the real social threat and Ryan, the physical threat. And um, the, they have enough people to do a split vote because um, that always works when you decide a split vote very early. It's always successful and manageable <laughs> um, with this many people in the game. Um, so they set that out. Uh, and then last season's teaser, I know we shouldn't be shocked by this because teasers and trailers for shows and movies are professional at making something happen or look like it's going to happen and be really dramatic. And then it ends up being completely out of context last season or last week's teaser made it seem like some sort of advantage in the middle of camp was going to be super dramatic in terms of finding it. And it just was not, no one was at the shelter. James walks up, grabs it, walks away and looks at the advantage. That part of this episode was the least dramatic and the teaser had it been a whole big scene. Yeah. I love James, by the way, just how, because he did this earlier with Carla. Remember back a few episodes ago, Carla's talking to him, like, should I, you know, hypothetically, if I found something, is it worth the risk? And he's like, oh yeah, go for it. It's easy to say that when it's someone else, but here he's doing exactly 
what he said to Car- to Carla. He goes, he said, I was going to wait till after tribal, but then I decided like, F that, man. I'm here to play Survivor. Curiosity gets the best of him. He goes and gets it underneath the shelter. And people must have known, right? Because quickly the story is spreading. So the shot just shows him. But whether he just said outright to the other guys there, I'm going to get it, or he just didn't care when people saw him take it. The word spread really quickly. They don't know what the advantage is. They think it's something powerful. Someone referenced that, you know, I think it was Dwight saying, if you've watched previous, the last couple of mm. seasons, there's a knowledge is power. I wouldn't like, again, that's the kind of survivor knowledge that I would quickly forget, even though we do a whole podcast about it, but that that's helpful because he's not wrong. And then James, of course, unrolls it. And that's what it is. This is an opportunity to have knowledge is power to call someone's idol or advantage out and take it from them. They cannot lie if you pick it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, but this leads to what I call the stupidity train beginning. Uh, I hated this. I was standing up and shouting at the TV. What is happening that everyone, not only, so hold on, not only are we at a spot in survivor where people tell each other everything. I think Carla's idol is the only thing that is not hidden. I think. And then exactly. My and now not only are we going to tell everyone, but let's just, freely hand it all around to everyone you want to hold it you're on a different tribe than me yeah sure oh i'm a bit nervous but don't worry you'll give it back like i couldn't believe what i was watching i i like who are these idiots you're you're giving away your idols that you've risked everything for and advantages that people have no obligation to give back cody he's worried about his idol being taken so he gives it to jesse maybe of anyone that's like the 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 most safe kind of it's still of stupid. any duo of any duo that could possibly trade something between right them, that's got to be the best option it right maybe that one's okay maybe like maybe but still right. bad idea but then janine giving her idol to dwight and then noelle giving her advantage to owen which is a steal of vote so guys am i wrong like is this well well yeah. part of Part of this whole dynamic is that they're scared of the knowledge of power. That's why they're trading them all. Cool. Guess what didn't get used in this episode? The knowledge is power. And they've set a precedent of trading it, trading all these things in fear. So are they going to do this again next episode now? Because he still has it. It's not gone away. Right. Or did or did it get used? Because I think the knowledge of the knowledge is power did get used. Like that, that was used as an advantage on James's behalf. I think he did this on purpose because he couldn't hide that he had it. People knew that he had it. And then he started telling everybody, I think he talked about trust, but then it also kind of flushed a bunch of idols in a way. Like, like there's all this movement. One weird, okay. So one thing is that it's Geo's, right? Like originally Geo had this knowledge is power. It went back into play and Carla uh kind of tried to vote like voted geo out or like orchestrated to get geo out um or whatever and like so she thinks it's out of the game and then it comes back and james tells her oh, i got i have it and like i i just remember remember the look on her face when she's she realized that it's back in the game mm-hmm. and then like you said there's so much all this swapping all this like telling people you have this and that the the power of Marianne's game last season was all of the things that she had that she didn't tell anybody about. In the end, when she started whipping out all of these advantages, 
And people were like, oh, crap. Like, she dominated this game, and we had no idea. Mm-hmm. I Like, that has more power than people think. But they didn't watch that season, right? So um, it no, is they, what it is. It seems to be a trend. They, they would have seen this one, 41 and 42 of they would, would they have seen 42? I don't well, think the finale so aired. Dwight, Dwight referenced 42 when mm-hmm. he talked mm-hmm. about the knowledge is power being the merge advantage the last two seasons. That was 41 and 42. What I wonder is, did they, because I think you're right in that they were out there filming when 42 was airing the finale, so they wouldn't have seen it live. Mm. My wonder is, did they get a screening of it before? Because it would have been ready Maybe. to screen, right? Mm. So because oftentimes what you see in Survivor is the players know what happened in those seasons so that, so that those standards and advantages and twists are known and then they film in blocks of two. So That's 41 didn't know what happened in 42. So it felt like a brand new season. 44 won't know what happens in 43, but they do know what happened in 41 and 42. So mm-hmm. I think they, if they were filming before, because the timeline does make sense that they were filming before the finale aired, I think they've seen it. Yeah, you, you're totally right. They probably, that is the same timeline of when you're out actually filming versus mm-hmm. when it's shown on TV. So yeah. That's a great guess. Uh, regardless, it doesn't answer the stupidity here for us. It does in, not answer that question. The swapping. And what, what they're doing. Now, I didn't realize this till right now. Janine gave Dwight her idol. Dwight right. went home. Yep. Is her idol gone? It is they gone. Were, no, they were giving it. I, th- I think he gave it back to her. Because they I, were talking about they didn't that sh- in Tribal. They didn't show it. It's going to be a moment that they show next episode. That I'm glad I got the first scene. I can already foresee it. The first scene, the night back at camp. Mm. I'm glad that Dwight gave him that idol back because they they shadowed it where Dwight said, I-, I see this coming. Like, I got you. I got you. And then they show the two of them sitting there. And I know the audience that's listening can really see all of my hand motions right now that I'm He's doing. reaching into show. his pot. Is, is imagining know Janine, or pouch. Janine <laughs> is reaching behind her because he's sitting right behind her. She's reaching behind her. Her hand is out and he's putting it in her hand. You okay, don't is that, is, see it. Did they show that? They, they were showed, showing they showed something. her reaching back for it. They didn't I know show that him they... putting it, but she didn't look. She didn't have any frustrated look. I think. I think she does get it back in the end. So I know that they had the conversation, yeah. and this is why I felt so bad about Janine at the beginning of the episode. Call back because she lost Ellie. Then she lost Dwight, who was kind of her next, I guess, and an idol. That's what. In, in the span of 24 hours or whatever you want to say, like that's a lot to lose. So the, to me, that's yeah. If she lost it, that would be brutal. Well, if like, she lost it, I know she's gutted. This is, oh, uh, so yeah, this yeah, is yeah. a rule clarification. Like we don't know. Can you hand back an idol? Right. So is it before the, the snuff? The votes. Right. So is it like, is, yeah, yeah is you're it, seeing Dwight's name come up once, twice here, quick, give it back. Yeah, I wonder yeah. what the rule book, they must have a rule for it. So I heard Marianne talk about this, that she, the way that she interpreted the rules was that you, uh, like, like it's once you get to that, once you get to tribal, like whatever someone has in their possession is theirs, unless there's a swap that happens based on an advantage. So that's how she, I've heard that that's, I, that's why I heard her talk about that today. Um, and so I don't know, like, I'm not sure what the official rule is. It, 
I don't know. You know what? It kind of falls into the category of what Ellie did last week when she got voted out. And after her torches snuffed, she still talked. She, she still talked about Gabler. It's like, See, I, I've I don't come like around that. on that. I've come around on that. I, I don't mind. Jordan and I have talked many times about, I texted him at like late at night, running one of the events, trying to figure this kind of stuff out. But yeah, I, I don't mind the, the conversations, people disclosing information if you want. I think that's fair game, but in terms of an idol or an advantage, I don't know because if you, yeah, if you if you have it with you and you're, like you're, you've got um, your friend's idol in your pocket, can and then you see that that they're in danger, can you sneak it back to them for them to play, or you, or you feel like they're in danger, or is it you that has to in that tribal set? I'm gonna why play, why can't why can't you? Me. Well, you can't play it. Well, that's what Luke is saying that Marianne I, was th- thought that you what you walk in with that's kind of locked in for the night there can't be but we've seen players hand off things before have we whether it's publicly or well we had so there's public what's the so but i don't think it's it's whether they're public or not but there was the idle handoff from kaurong with ty and i can't remember the other guy's name but they publicly now that was part of the idol so maybe this is a different example but they had to hand it off and they made a public that was the two that was the two pieces right is that the one you're talking about was it two pieces? They it, the the video the what they showed in the tribal was just I'm handing my idol to Ty. Okay, but is that after the votes are beginning to be read? That was that would have been before the votes were read, mm-hmm. right? So that's my question: mm-hmm. is once the votes have started to be read, because you can't play your idol after they they're they're read, right? Like after that first vote is read, like you're done. Like you you have there's there's that that's the cutoff so i wonder if maybe someone in the audience who's listening right now could tell us if there's some sort of rule to that yeah i would love to know get us the official rule book and and share it because this is this is the kind of stuff that it's kind of rare but in the moment that would be helpful to know right it's like even when you watch sports and sometimes a player does something that is a little outside the norm, but it's to the benefit of their team. And the, and the commentator will say, oh, they've really, they know the rules because they know this is an exception. And you see even some of the players looking around. So I'd be curious, but to, to the point of this here is if she didn't, if she was not able to give the idol back, that is crushing and it's yeah. her own fault. And, but I mean, that's, that's crushing though. That's game if she over, does man, lose that's... it on that with the two, then I start to, to really get on the line with you guys of, feeling bad for janine in that moment because she's everything around her is being taken away um and she's fighting an uphill battle very much so um another thing from tribal the tribal discussion that i thought was interesting jeff probst asks a very pointed leading question of so dwight the baka vesi team up how's that going right it's basically the question and dwight just shuts it down in his mind, full well, that team up is going forward and James or um, Ryan is getting voted out in this episode, in this tribal. That's what his, that's where his mind is at. And he just completely shuts it down with a bold face fib lie uh, in that moment, but doesn't want to, uh, uh, doesn't want to give that type of information away. Cause that was a leading story of the two of them. It was. Jeff asked a few questions, didn't he? He did. Like he a did very, have a few. A few pointed questions about idols and advantages to uh, surfing. 
and surfing. James did say something, but I couldn't hear or pay attention because his voice is really hard to listen to. Like how (laughs) you know the sound that it's like the raspy voice. It's like yeah. No, what does it sound like? I can't recreate it, but it's not easy to listen to. But hopefully that gets remedied. But Jeff, yeah, he asked about the surfing analogy. And as the audience, you know what Cody's referring to. He says, we're kind of at the point where we're deciding, do we even want to jump in and really go for it? Or maybe it's just better to hang out on the beach and have a drink, hang out, you know, let it come to you as it were. And we know he's main, he's talking about what him and Jesse have been considering. Is this the time to go out into the waters and stir things up and make a big move and betray our Vessi alliance? That's what Jesse says in the confessional prior. Man, if we do this, Vessi is no more. Whatever tribal alliances were there, that is the end of that script. And so you're sitting there wondering, have they pulled the plug? Have they pulled the trigger? And that really is, I said this before, this to me is a turning point early uh, in this merged tribe of Jesse and Owen, or sorry, Jesse and Cody determining it's time to play in the big leagues. Like we are, we're going to make a huge decision here and go against the easy vote of four and four. Maybe it'll come back to get us, but again, this is Survivor. Why not make some big moves that you won't? You can go home and tell your friends, "Hey, I was on Survivor and I tried something big and it didn't work." Versus, I kind of just played it safe and I don't know, like Marianne last season. That was so why we loved her. She identified that I have to not just get to the end; I have to have a story. I have to have a resume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. Last week, Katie talked about how she thought the Bessie tribe was going to make it right to the end. Like she thought they were super solid, like solid four. And I, I like, I listened to that and I was like, yeah, that, I like, I feel the same way. Like those mm-hmm. four felt super tight. Mm-hmm. Um, they felt kind of reminiscent of Taku from last season, like with Jonathan and Marianne and Omer. And who was the fourth on that? Lindsay. Lindsay. Right. Right. And they, they were loyal to each other and they, they they did they made it almost like right to the end like all four of them right so mm-hmm. i like maybe we were just thinking this is a, a norm or we just got like used to the idea of like four or three or whatever kind of locking in together as the same tribe but yeah that it was quick like it seemed like jesse and cody flipped real quick and we didn't see a whole lot of conversation about it either like it came out of the blue for me I, like even i watched it twice and i was like i like they talked about it once they talked about yeah. oh maybe we'll flip i don't and know then, what did you guys yeah. think you didn't get the i mean this is a an argument for we need longer episodes you didn't get much time of strategy anyways because so much was taken up by what happened in the challenge which it should have been taken up by what happened in the challenge especially with the the last part and um uh with gabler and the and what had gone on there that we, that we explained for, for quite a while. So, but all that time in the episode gets taken up and then the strategy time is like, we, they need to show you the episode needs to show you what the initial groundwork of strategy is. So who wants to go where Baca and Vessi, the setup of Baca and Vessi voting together needs to get displayed. Then the advantage, the knowledge is power. We need to see the story of that. Then we need to see everyone trading their idols and advantages in response to the knowledge of power, which leaves out very little for anything else. Mm-hmm. And we get the small storyline of what Jesse and Cody could do. And then it's go to tribal, but we just don't have time for it. 
Right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Now they did show Jesse and Carla briefly talking as well. And that mm-hmm. confessional by Jesse saying, Carla, like I, I trust her more than Noel. He said, she's kind of like a family member or we've been through similar things in life. Comfort like those, level. those things matter for sure. What were you going to say, Luke? Uh, I was just going to say, not like, I, I do remember, I guess, Jesse and Cody were talking. I thought that this line was really great. And it really gave us an insight into Jesse's um, strategy and the way that he interacts with people. But I, he came in saying that he thought it should be Noel because I think, right? Because Noel was kind of like uh, starting mm-hmm. to step up and run some things or make decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Cody said he got like kind of a weird feeling from Dwight mm-hmm. and that he wanted to vote Dwight. And then and then um, Jesse was talking about how it's important to let other players have agency mm-hmm. or to feel like they have agency in the game. And Absolutely. I thought that was brilliant. Like just that, like, I think that Jesse is really pulling some hardcore strings here, but I don't think it's as obvious to other people in uh, like on the Island or where, wherever we're like, I don't think it's as obvious to other survivors as, as it, as it might be. As we're seeing on on film, the background strings he's pulling where he doesn't make the decision on voting Dwight necessarily, letting Cody be the one who feels like he's making the decision on it, but Jesse is all on board and that's his plan and he's enabling that to happen in in the best way. Right, and he's doing it differently. He's doing something different than what Ellie did with, I think it was James, similar strategy to come and say like, well, who do you think? But he saw right through it. Whatever Jesse is doing, the way he's going about it with Cody, maybe it is the, the relationship, and but also just the way he—I don't know—that he's going about. It, that he genuinely is saying, "I'll let, like, I'll let myself be swayed by this too." It's going to be a sad day if he ever votes out Cody. He probably will. Yeah. Of course he will. <laughs> of course he will. They've said that already, right? This is—they have no issue doing that. These guys are here to play, and and they know their time will come. Just like we've seen with the the Shan Ricards and many other. Yeah duos in the past but yeah you're right that that vesti group could have stuck together they could have done some damage very likable cast of of uh four as well but but yeah so they get they get set up here we've seen jesse and cody debating you're right jordan it would be great to have more content uh, to see some more conversations Mm -hmm. with coco because obviously they would have done that they would have had to go to coco at some point and say we're we're ready to jump ship Going with you did we're coco you. know did anyone in coco know the plan to split votes on ryan and james absolutely carla, they would have. carla probably knew and carla being the smart player that she is probably doesn't tell absolutely them they absolutely cody and jesse would have swapped over and told yeah. them the one guys the one other variable in all of this that is not getting airtime or talked about is sammy yeah man sammy let's go he has voted a couple of times different even than owen who's pitched as his ally his closest ally but they're not on the same page a couple of times but mm. he is doing something because he voted as well for dwight here and we don't see any conversation with him talking to coco or to jesse and to uh cody okay what, here's one thing to sammy? throw it's a yeah. great call out one thing to throw in the mix there sammy was part of the conversation when Janine gave her idol to Dwight, Sammy was there. Was he? Yes. Janine. Sammy was there and it was, he was there. He's part of it. And he hasn't really, there's no real, like he hasn't really aligned himself. Like it's tough to see where he's at. 
I think he's playing pretty like slippery. It's kind of like like kind of like slinking and what what's another S word I can use? Uh, swerving in between slithering. All the yeah, slithering. Working. Um, what? Did he catch that last week? I accidentally said twerking <laughs> instead of a tweak. So the women were like had a little. Twerk. Doesn't start with an S. I know it was just a joke. It's late at night. We've no, had okay. a long day recording. He had, to, but he had to explain his joke too. You're inspirational. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, Sammy's amazing. Like, okay, yep. and then Owen. Like, I yeah, you can. So the the last two votes, right? So Dwight. Uh, so Sammy voted for Dwight. Owen voted for Ryan this this mm-hmm. this time, mm-hmm. and and last vote, Owen voted for James, while Sammy voted for Ellie, and so either Sammy's on the in, or Owen's throwing votes. Yeah, that Somewhere is also else. that's no, a, that's, well, it's sorry, Owen be, is doing something too for sure, but it's got to be though that Sammy's on the in because the plan for Baca and Vessi was to split votes, mm-hmm. James and Ryan, and Owen was a part of a. I think it was it was it wasn't it wouldn't have been three and three. There were one, two votes, three votes for Ryan, two votes for James. Owen was within that split of uh, he voted for he's one of the three votes for Ryan. Right. Um, and then everyone else voting Dwight. So clearly like, he's in on he's in on that place. So they're not on the same page. Except if they're not, I mean, usually they wouldn't do this, but maybe there is a, a storyline here that Sammy and Owen are really close and they've said, Hey, uh, you we're gonna split our votes to make it look like we're not working together and then report back because they they do seem really close. Like they do, on one hand, they show them as talking together with that whole Gabler and Ellie situation, like they were really about that tribe unity. So mm-hmm. just, this is just, I'm making this up, but maybe they are saying you go here, you'd be like, a, we'll be double agents and then report yeah. back to each other. Who knows? Right. Yeah, it could be. That's a good, yeah. that's a good take on it. I think it yeah. kind of, that makes sense when I think about the way that Owens played and the, the people that he's interacting with and how he's having conversations that Sammy, I don't think could have. Mm-hmm. At yeah. the end of the day, we just need more content. Give us more, to Jeff. See these. Yeah. I looked through um, the voting histories for the past couple of winners, like Erica and, and Marianne, and and generally, like, they were spot on. They voted for the person who was voted out, except um, Marianne voted for, I um, can't remember who it was, but she didn't vote for Omer um, when Omer was voted out because he was, I think, her strongest ally. And so looking so, at those, what's that? I, I don't, I don't want to do this to you, but she put two votes on o- she put two votes on Omer, the tribal that Omer was voted out. Or was the, it? I'll, I'll, I'll look for it. Chanel. She didn't vote for Chanel when Chanel got voted out. Okay, so maybe, okay, I may have missed that. <laughs> Sorry. Who was the other person, though, who got voted on when Omer was voted out? I can't remember. Omer, Doesn't... Jonathan, and Romeo. So it was Romeo. Three, two, two. Um, okay, I thought you voted for Romeo then, like that vote. No, so she made the move in that episode to take out Omer with her extra vote. Oh, okay. yeah, so she played her vote plus an extra right. vote on Omer, which knocked him out. And that okay, was part I got of you. her resume. Okay, so Sorry. there you go. So she was perfect then. Uh, she did get another, she did get Chanel's vote wrong. She voted for High, I think, or someone else other than Chanel when Chanel okay. got voted out. Small. I'm just gonna send a quick Instagram message can you just, while you guys can you are just talking. Edit here, all this out. <laughs> can you just yeah? I just cut, I, cut I, this no, I love it. 
yeah, I love it. The, the, I we get pointed, our mistakes that. get pointed out. So we got to make sure we get things right here. No, it's good. I honestly, guys, it's really cool to hear. I love, I'm fascinated by people like yourselves who can, who can dive in and deep dive to past seasons and players. Oh, yeah. It's cool. I really enjoy but hearing. So you're absolutely right. Luke in winners vote rights all the time. They don't like a winner, you know, someone like Erica who, flew under the radar a lot at least from an editing editing perspective but a little bit in the game as well always is voting right and it's always a part of the majority with a very very few exceptions and usually when there is an exception to that that's their turning moment of the season of oh i was out of that one okay that can't happen again i gotta figure this out and adjust my game to make sure that i'm in on all these votes and and a part of the decision making and so you're you're absolutely right in winners vote right they don't vote wrong yeah you're right and i look i just look back now yeah you're you're right you are right jordan thank you thank you i'll take that yeah i think she voted for romeo when chanel was voted out there we go so yeah i think i just mixed them up cool and uh thank you for your brain yep you're you're welcome i can't believe you remember that off the top of your head No, no 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 i cheated i looked it up because i was so impressed at how well you were doing that I had to go look it up. <laughs> I was like, well, look at him go. This is great. Okay, look Don't back worry. at Erica though, because I, I'm pretty sure that Erica got every single vote. Yeah, let's do right. it. I'm here. pretty sure. She got every single vote right. All right, I've got it here. And this is great while I'm scrolling here. This is great content. All right, Sydney got voted out. Tiffany got voted out. Nasir, Ty, Nasir got voted out. Uh, Leanna, and then she revoted. So Leanna and Shan had a split vote, it looks like, and Shan got voted out. So she was wrong on the split, but was right on the revote. Uh, and then Leanna got voted out next, and then a tie on Danny, which she was right. Yeah, she went perfect. Yep. Erica went perfect all the way through. She didn't go to many tribals because they didn't, her tribe didn't go to tribal until the merge. Uh, but once she got to the merge, she was right on every vote all the way through. I'm excited for if there's any like hidden alliances, like like when Erica and Heather were like, "Oh yeah, we're besties and we're like we're we've been together the whole time." Like I wonder if there's someone someone out there Heather on this podcast. <laughs> right, Andrew. Just, just like we've had it coded, so it'll, it'll just beep like her name. I won't, I won't even say it. It's like an expletive here on the show. But that's okay. what I said about Owen and Sammy, right? Maybe. I, and as much as you want to see every storyline, it is it would be cool kind of some flashback moments of, hey, actually, little, little did you know, these people have actually been working together for all this time. But we don't know. We'll see it in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's reveal the vote. We've talked okay. about it already. But talk us so, through, Jordan. The, the yeah, news. no advantages are played. And right. we know there are basically two situations going on. Either the vote will be split majority James and uh, James and Ryan and the target is James or Cody and Jesse flip and they, they blindside Dwight from their own original tribe. James gets a vote, Dwight, Ryan, James, Dwight, Ryan, there's two, two. Then Ryan gets another one. That's his third and final mm-hmm. vote. And then it's a sweep for Dwight the rest of the way through. So he gets, uh, his third, fourth, fifth, and sixth votes to be the next player voted out of Survivor 43. And in the middle of this, we were talking about it earlier, Janine, did she get her idol back? Did she not? Tune in to find out next week. Um, and But Janine does, you see it 
looks at Noel, turns to her and says, what happened? And Noel genuinely goes, I've got no idea. Well, and that's why I wonder if the idol's in trouble because they had no clue. They had mm-hmm. no clue that this is happening. Nope. Poor they were all, yeah, Noel back. Remember, you know what? Throw back to the beginning of this episode when Janine and Noel and Noel's giving her the advice of, when I was outside the vote, here's what happened. And now that that comes full circle and here's both of them outside of the vote and not knowing and looking at each other, like, what do we do next? Mm-hmm. It's exciting. What, regardless of that situation, it's going to be chaos at camp because the survivor we know, even people that jump ship and new alliances never last for long at all. And so even though Jesse and Cody and maybe Sammy have moved to Coco's beach, you're, you're, those seven are not going to vote together in the next vote guaranteed there's no way that we're going to see no. the seven of them just pick someone else off and then who knows who knows what will happen from there so the season is uh, is definitely picking up i'm loving it i'm really excited it is also 12 15 a.m where we're recording here in the toronto area yes. just to accommodate our good friend luke hopping if, on the podcast if we've, but if we've gotten a little silly here it's because this is the latest podcast we've done and we're way too far past andrew's bedtime it that is not true i'm often up late but for the purpose of this and then editing after it's going to be a late <laughs> so, night. sorry sorry i misspoke we're way past my bedtime yeah it's all good but we honestly thank you for listening everyone especially if you made it this far in the episode it means a lot this is a community we do this you know luke you referenced this uh the community here and, and what it means to some people that's the reason we do it it's a labor of love and we love Survivor. We love doing this podcast. If you ever want to be a guest on the podcast, if you ever have feedback, if you ever have questions, you can go to survivoratthome.com, go to the podcast section, and you can fill out the form there. And of course, while you're on the website, we recommend you scroll around, look at the instructions, learn a bit more about Survivor at Home, because we are very hopeful for our fifth season, a weekend-long event happening in the new year, maybe end of January, maybe early February, somewhere in that time. Uh, it's a blast. You will love that you signed yourself up. You get to meet awesome people like Luke and Jordan and so many others that are part of this community. Um, whether they're playing or watching online, we'll see. But just want to thank you, Luke, for being here tonight. Any last words before we wrap up this seventh episode? I would just say my pick to win is Owen. Oh. Wow. And I thank you guys. I, I always have fun listening and I love talking survivors. So thanks so much for having me on. Um, yeah. Look forward to the, the finale when you guys have me on again. <laughs> love <it>. <laughs> <laughs> is he trying to just throw spaghetti at the wall or is that a hint of what's coming up next? What's coming up later? I have never heard of this plan, but I can be bribed for a lot of cash. Yeah. I've got raisins. But you have sun-made raisins, not even raisinets who put chocolate over raisins. They had such no, a great idea. No, they're homemade. Homemade. Oh, okay.